Here's a brief important message for listeners like you. Help Happy, Sad, Confused stay free to download by just completing this short anonymous survey. I promise you guys this will take no more than five minutes of your very valuable time. Your answers will help match our show with advertisers that best fit the sensibilities of both my podcast and, of course, listeners like you. And as a bonus, listeners who complete the survey will be entered in an ongoing monthly raffle to win a $100 Amazon gift card. I promise you guys we're not going to share or sell your email address. We're not going to be sending you email unless you win the $100 gift card. So just go to podsurvey.com slash happy. That's podsurvey.com slash happy. Take the survey and get a, get a chance to win a free Amazon gift card. 100 bucks, guys. It's a no-brainer. Greetings and salutations, my friends. Welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. If you're new to the podcast, perhaps you just checked us out last week thanks to the awesome launch of wolfpop.com. Well, welcome aboard again. And if you've been listening for the last 30-odd episodes, uh, thanks. You're awesome. You are a really good judge of quality podcasts. Continue. And why not listen to the other stuff on wolfpop.com? Uh, I'm so thrilled to be a part of that awesome company of folks, some really good podcasts over there that I've been checking out myself. Uh, a lot of them have been added to my uh, list of must-listen-to podcasts every week. But enough about those other guys. Let's talk about my little podcast, Happy Sad Confused. The guest this week is a new one for me. I mean, not new in that you know everybody knows who Lisa Kudrow is. How could you not? But I never interviewed her before, and uh, she was awesome. If you don't know it, uh, she's back with the second season. This is kind of bizarre. The second season of The Comeback, which came nine years after the demise of the first season of The Comeback. So that's kind of odd. Outside of Arrested Development, I can't think of another thing like that. Um, but it's so great the show is back on the air. It's a great satire of the business. Uh, Lisa's hysterical in it. All the original players are back. Seth Rogen's in it now. Uh, we talk a lot about how this show came back around how it was formed in the first place, as well as Lisa's uh, very interesting beginnings. You know, she was in the Groundlings for a while, came up with some amazing comics. And, uh, and of course, how could you ignore the huge gift that was Friends to her career and to everybody that got a chance to enjoy it over the years? Uh, Lisa is so um, kind of comfortable with what Friends was and is for her, and I found that really refreshing. I think you'll enjoy her going down memory lane and uh, and just kind of being grateful for lightning in a bottle that was Friends. So, um, you know, I'm going to you know, just throw right over to the interview right now. It's a good long one, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, as always, hit me up on Twitter, Joshua Horowitz. Go over to wolfpop.com. As I said, check out all the cool podcasts over there. And what's cool also is they've got some message boards over there. So, uh, you know, let us know what you're thinking about Happy Sag Infused. Uh, tell me who you're digging, what podcasts you've really enjoyed, who you want to hear. And uh, if you have a criticism, I guess you can give it there. I frankly, um, you know, I have enough self-critical impulses in my own life, so I don't necessarily hear, need to hear it from you, but there's another forum for you if you so choose. Um, but thanks for listening, guys. Here it is, uh, this week's episode with Lisa Kudrow. Welcome to my office. Thanks for being here, Lisa. Thanks. Happy to be I'm just looking around. Yeah, there's a lot of sensory Color input. money. Color money. That's a good one. It's an underrated Scorsese, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you agree? No? Maybe not? 
No, it was good. That was good. It's a good one, right? Um, we're off and running, by the way, just so you know. Now everything that comes out of your mouth is fair game for my it's podcast. It's being recorded it's and being will be broadcast. Documented yeah. and parsed over for generations to come. And that's different from life how? We're not live. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, I mean I see from that. life. <laughs> that's true. I guess that's, you make an excellent point. Um, congratulations on, on the comeback and many things. I got a chance to... I, I, as they as the parlance goes, I binge watched. Uh, I, I went back to season one, mm-hmm. watched all. Was it thirteen episodes? Yeah, of season one. Then I watched the first five of this season. Oh, so much fun! So oh, good. awesome. Um, this good. is this has got to be. This is not the. I mean, I don't know. We're kind of in the whole new world order. Like the all bets are off. Like yeah. rest of developments back after a yeah. few years. You're yeah. back after what nine years? Yeah. <laughs> it feels like. Um, it, it just didn't used to happen this way. Are you as shocked as everybody else that that we are where we are? Not the comebacks back. Yes and no. I mean, I'm not shocked that things that people liked, you know, the um, networks and studios are saying, "Well, people like them, so why don't we do more?" Right. We know there's an audience. Yeah. Wait a sec. Why do we need a new thing when we know there's already an audience yeah. for this thing? So I understand that, but just you know, when it happens to something that you loved so much, it's a really nice surprise. Yeah. yeah. Did, did you feel like at the time that, like? that the rug was pulled out like that you guys did you guys have plans for the second season already did you know what you wanted to do way back when we did we had some sort of rough ideas of how we wanted the second season to go we wanted you know Polly G to get fired because Valerie now has a little clout since her reality show did well right and she's a fixture now um, and that Gigi would take over the show and she'd be a bigger nightmare than Polly G. Nice. <laughs> and um, strains maybe for Valerie and Mark because he was fully expecting her to quit. Right. So we saw how confused he was looking at the end. <laughs> she was so thrilled to be signing autographs. And, right. Yeah. Uh, but because it's nine years later, oh, you asked if the rug felt pulled out from under us. Yeah. Um, so we did have those plans and we were a little conf- I was a little just confused. I knew they were certainly taking a long time to pick us up. Yeah. <laughs> Never a good sign. Yeah, but I really didn't think that they weren't going to pick us up because right. the audience for the show was growing and you could feel these people who were watching it were pretty hooked and enthusiastic too. Yeah. And it felt like, yeah, that's why you do, isn't that why HBO always does a second season of everything? <laughs> right. Um, and I knew this show wouldn't really sort of catch on more until a second season. It was yeah. too, I don't know, I don't, I don't think we'd seen sort of a colla- an assembly of raw footage presented as a show yeah. before. And um, so I just thought it's gonna, it will take at least a season for people to orient themselves. Right. It does feel like also... I don't know. I, uh, the well, back at the time, I think I read this. Was it paired up with like Entourage at the time? It yeah. feels like it maybe wasn't necessarily the right place for it, and and yeah. and probably coming off of. I mean, certainly, if you go from watching Friends to watching the first of the few episodes of The Comeback, you're in for a rude awakening because it's such a different beast entirely. Right. Um, yeah, and, and a different feeling. Care an older character for yeah, sure. Yeah. And you also had Michael, who had done you know this very sexy, right. exciting sex in the city. And this wasn't like anything else. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that was, that's why I also thought, right, it'll take a while for people to orient themselves to what right. this is. But I, I didn't have any doubts that it was good. You yeah. know, 
So, do, do how much pride do you take when I, I'm sure you get people that stop in the street and, and quote Phoebe, but I would think you also get a fair amount that that quote Valerie. Oh Almost, yeah, is that a special source of pride? Like yeah, okay, you're my people. Yes, when you hear that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, and that number was growing more and more over the past few years. Yeah. So that was pretty exciting. I thought something's happening, but I don't know what, and I don't know what it translates to. <laughs> well, part of the pleasure in seeing in seeing the. The new episodes that I've seen, uh, as I said, a good bulk of the second season is is to see most, if not all, of like the main cast is, is back, which yeah. is great in, in some in very sizable roles, some in, in, in little moments. Um, I think, I don't know if you would agree, it feels like it's even darker and kind of, I don't know, disturbing in a, in a great, humorous, fun way in right. the second season. How would you, I don't know, do you feel like you went down even a darker road? In for some Mallory? ways, I think it would feel darker, but I think the... It's there's more weight mm-hmm. to the problems or the issues. I think. Yeah. You know, um, I, that that's what I think. It's not just things set out to embarrass or humiliate. Right. Valerie, there's there's real consequences for her decisions that were that are bigger than I think she wants to. Right. Look at. Right. <laughs> or do you do you find that like is that a common denominator like? In your in what you're attracted to in comedy, in terms of, um, I mean, I look at web therapy and I look at at, at um, the comeback, and there's there's a real truthfulness, there's a real there's for lack of a better term awkwardness about the realities that we face in our day to day. When again, like Friends succeeded on such a high level in that form, right? But it's such a different animal than what you're dealing with in these two shows. They almost feel like I don't know putting you on the couch for a second, it feels like you're like going in a, in the total 180 degree direction. Like you're in this strict form that you kind of perfect in friends, you and that collective group. Right. And now these two shows in particular are so kind of like picking apart the form and going in different areas. I don't know. Is there anything to that you think? Yeah, I think there's a lot to that. And I think, I mean, I know myself and my collaborators for the different, you know, for those projects are, are interested in things that we just haven't seen it done this way before. I think that's an exciting thing to do. But also, look, just the stuff that makes me or us laugh is um, these other areas of flawed, of our own flaws where, you know, people who think they're in control of things and they're not at all. Or they think they can, can be in control of things that you can't be at all. Right. You know, like Fiona Wallace and Valerie, to a degree, feel like, well, especially Fiona Wallace, that she can see around corners. Right. <laughs> no, no one can. Right. And, um, you know, and then Valerie, who just sort of is in denial yeah. about potential consequences, deal with it then or pretend right. it's not happening. Right. <laughs> is, how, much, how much, how important is, is the voice to you? So, like, literally. Important. The, yeah. It is important. And it might not be so different, it might not sound so different to other people, but to me, they're completely different people i think it sounds a lot different yeah I mean, oh. in cadence and, and, and i don't know i mean what like so the, the 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 genesis of this character goes before the the series right this is back to even groundlings there's inspiration for right what valerie's character was that she sound and have the same kind of feel that the one we see today yeah she did i think there's more this valerie though than once michael and i started fleshing it out and turning it into a re, a true character yeah um 
then there started she maybe just because it was 2005 but we started adding sort of a down home <laughs> sort of quality to right. it because she's trying to be more folksy right <laughs> is she is she like uh, you know in I don't know, ranking characters or what is silly, but like, is she as fun a character as you've ever played? Is that, do you yes. relish every moment of playing her? Oh, yes. Oh, every single second. And I why, love why, it. why is that, you think? Is it just embracing her cluelessness about mm-hmm. her denial, as you said? Yes, all that. <laughs> but also, you know, I, it's very fun to be someone who won't have anything negative. Yeah. And it's not just negative, but she just won't, and she's, Sort of dodging those arrows that are coming yeah. her way. <laughs> she can't she be thinks. stopped. It was really nimbly too, <laughs> and it's really fun. That stuff is really really fun. So the uh, the way this one come about came about in, in the end. How did it? Did HBO come to you guys? Or yeah. Were you, or you were you every few years saying HBO we're ready when you are? No, we wouldn't have done that. I mean, we did have an idea a while ago, and then we were just too afraid. <laughs> Why? To call them up and because it was it would hurt when really? we got canceled. <laughs> you don't want to revisit that right. rejection it's sort again, of, right? You know, if yeah. someone breaks up with you and then you run into them somewhere and should we give them a chance? Yeah, nope. <laughs> right. It's sort of just you just ran into them. It's not like right. It's not like he said, "I miss you." No, that no. wasn't said. But you're saying, you know, I've been thinking a lot, and if we were to go out again, here's what we could do. Right. <laughs> I mean, hypothetically, I was thinking in my my journal. Yeah, I don't. That would be awkward. So they made the first step, which is lovely. Yeah, they were really good guys. Yeah. <laughs> really good. Yeah, that was really nice. And um, and then they were completely lovely about it. But you know, they liked the show. It's not like they weren't fans of the sure. show. So they just thought, and it's, you know, I think pretty smart, that we like it, and we, other people seem to like it. Why not do it again? Right. Like, why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you, were you surprised in the intermittent years? Um, you know, a couple of the actors went on to, I mean, all the actors have done great for themselves, but in particular at the time, Malin wasn't, you know, didn't really have a body of work yet. Right. Kellen Lutz, who, who knew? would turn into right. Twilight Beefcake. <laughs> was that shocking when you first saw, like, the Twilight posters or Twilight trailers and was like, wait, that guy? Really? Um, no, I didn't think that because um, I didn't ever see a Twilight movie. <laughs> so you're still waiting for and me I to have that I reaction. And I don't think I paid attention to a poster. <laughs> but I remember someone telling me, so Kellen, Chris from your show is in Twilight series. Oh, really? That's great. <laughs> that was and I saw, I saw him on a red carpet. Well, look at him. Wow. He's doing well, I guess. Yeah. And then when we saw him on the... And then, of course, I became more aware that, oh, yeah. all right, so he's like a big... And now he's doing like action right. hero people. <laughs> okay. He's huge. Right. Uh, but then when we were on set and he came for a fitting and then he came to the set to say hi and I thought, well, that's the most beautiful man I've ever seen walking toward me. Oh, my God. And he's got a smile and he's, look, he's coming to me. Everything's going so great right now. I know. Oh, my God. I'm, I, get to do, I get to do the comeback again and this gorgeous man is walking toward me. Um, and he's going and he starts to give me a hug and halfway through I went, it's Kellen. Oh, my God. But, oh, my God. Yeah. And he grew. <laughs> he's swelling. No, but he grew. He oh, was, he's had a little spurt he's of taller. height? Yes, because he was only 20. 
when we did the original show. So he, I mean, guys now grow in their 20s. Right, well. And I don't think it used to happen that way. No. <laughs> but it does now. My nephew grew in his 20s, too. I think my ship has sailed, sadly. Um, the <laughs> So um, it's, what, an eight-episode run in the second season? Is this is this self-contained? Do you, do you leave a, a cliffhanger waiting for more, or do you want to do more? Or is this sort of like, we'll take what you can get at this point? I don't think we leave a cliffhanger, but... Um, You're not perilously at the edge of a cliff? You're no. not tied to a... No. Train track? No. That's a disappointment. We're not. It's not. <laughs> it's not. It's all, I think, complete. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that there couldn't be more if we thought of something worthwhile. Yeah. You know? So, in coming, so in coming off of, of Friends and developing a show like this and, then, and developing web therapy, I mean, was there, was there a, a thought in that year or two after to use kind of the collateral that you had at the time as you know like in this business like you have juice for a mm -hmm. time and sometimes it, it get, you get more of it sometimes it, it goes to the next thing whatever mm -hmm. was there a sense like okay I really need to strike while the iron's hot and develop my own material now well, mm -hmm. where was your head at sort of like the month or two after the end of that era after the comeback or after no after friends? after friends oh uh, well after friends I went pretty much like two months later into a film shooting a movie, Happy Endings, with Don Roos. Yeah. And while I was shooting that, that's when my agent said, you know, Michael Patrick King is done with Sex and the City. Why don't you two have lunch? So, I, I, yeah, I know him. We're friends. And I would love to have lunch with him. But for what reason? Like, for work? I don't <laughs> think that makes any sense. I just finished Friends. What do you imagine I'm doing? Really? Right. That annoyed. And, <laughs> but, you know... Michael and I both met for lunch because I'm sure he had the exact same response, and he did to his agent. You know, <laughs> like, let's place the start at the lunch. I don't yeah. know why either of us are here, but let's just have lunch. Kind uh. of. <laughs> and then he, but but not even that. But he said, I, I, I know. I was told, you know, we should talk about a show. You don't want to do a show, do you? I mean, I don't see you on like a bright, shiny sitcom. You just did that. Right. And I said, no, that's right. And I didn't know that you wanted to. He's like, no, I'm writing a film. I mean, I, I said, yeah, I don't, I don't know, but it's good to see you. <laughs> but, you know, I said, there is one thing that I've been thinking about, like with reality TV and everything that's going on. I did have this one idea that down the line yeah. I would like to do. And I just started describing this character and, you know, so desperate to be in the spotlight. She's such a phony that she's going to be on a reality show called The Comeback. Right. And he lost his mind <laughs> and said, wait a minute. Okay. And then he just started sort of organizing it, adding on to it, fleshing it out, yeah. and it became this fantastic yeah. idea. So in, in clearly collaborations and partnerships have been important to you in, in all these kind of babies in your career, right? Mm -hmm. whether, whether it's uh, Michael in uh, uh, The Comeback, uh, Don for uh, um, for web therapy, right? And Dan Bugatinsky. And Dan, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you enjoy sort of like the producing side, the writing side, the, the, the creative behind-the-scenes side as much as acting at this point? Yeah, I do. I really do. Yeah. The writing part is really fun. And um, the producing side, parts of it can be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, with who do you think you are? I really enjoy the producing side of that. Why? Why on that side? What's what part of that is more well, rewarding? That it's just selfishly, I get to learn these details of history yeah. and these personal moments from history that altered a family line. You know, so 
that part, it just feels like a privilege yeah. to be able to know all of those stories. Totally. Um, yeah, and, and help shape it into, you know, how do we unfold the documents that this person's going to find in the sure. most compelling and way. interesting way. Yeah, yeah totally. Guys, I have an important announcement. There are tons of awesome new podcasts waiting for you over at www.wolfpop.com. Yes, the new network that I am a part of, that Happy, Sad, Confused is a part of, joins this amazing roster, including Reading Aloud with Nate Cordry, The Rotten Tomatoes Podcast, Off Camera with Sam Jones, Matt Gorley with I Was There Too, Denzel Washington is the greatest actor of all time, period. That's the actual name of the show. I believe it as well, but that's the name of the show with Kamau Bell and Kevin Avery. The Canon with Amy Nicholson and Devin Faraci and many more. Check them out. They're right there waiting for you at www.wolfpop.com and, of course, over at iTunes. Check them out. So uh, going back a little bit, I'm just curious, like, like, what was the first, like, Ambition. What was the what was like the career, the early career goal in the entertainment world? Was it to get was it to get on a sitcom? Was it to do theater? Was it to do like what was the first kind of when you started to kind of get serious in your mind about it? It was um, well first just to see what I could get. Yeah, and and then it and then it evolved into no, I want to be on a sitcom. I want to be on a sitcom, and I think my way in will be. I do a guest star. They think I'm good, and they make me a series regular. Was that was that, that the track at the time you had seen others done, or was it just sort of like all? Get, I had noticed I, that it looked like it was a possibility. Yeah, but I just saw it as I think that's how it's going to go for me. I don't see myself auditioning for something and going to the network and doing five auditions and getting it. I don't. I think my nerves would get the better of I me. Mean, I don't think that's going to work out for me. So it'll have to be this inside way. It's a little slower. It's a little all right. right. And then it happened. It kind of <laughs> happened with Mad About You. Right. I did a guest star, and, you know, at the end of that week, Danny Jacobson, who ran the show, said, we'll be all right with you if I had you back for five more. Yeah. wasn't a regular. Right. Was and silently, did you go, everything is going according to plan? <laughs> no, because it was so far past since I had that idea. Right. That, and I really was about to start looking for a day job. And so I thought... Oh my God! I don't have to get a day job. So what were you? How were you making ends meet when you were? Because oh, how long were you doing Groundlings? Groundlings for? Uh, well, you're in the program for two and a half years. So that's like I think I started at '87. Mm -hmm. So I think around '89, '88, '89, I was okay. in the Sunday company, then the main company. You don't make money doing that. Yeah. So were you making it just on site, like whether it's commercial or just like popping up on a show or whatever? I worked for my father. Oh really? Yeah. Doing what? Well, he is retired, but he's a doctor, a headache specialist. So I worked in his office. Huh. I know. It was nice. Yeah. Because he let me go for auditions. And um, did you enjoy, when you think back to the audition process, is that the most, I always like talking to actors about the mm -hmm. audition process because it seems like the most horrifying mm -hmm. experience ever to put yourself out there and to go through that. Do you, do you look at it on, uh, with respect to like, thank God that part of my life is over? Or do you kind of look back? Had it was a sense of humor? Did you enjoy it? What was your kind of attitude back then? No, I grew to have a really good attitude about it and became good at it. Yeah? Yeah, I took this one class with a teacher named Ian Tucker, okay. who really taught us that, um, you know, this is a business, and they want you to be good. 
So all of your complaining about the conditions of the audition aren't helping you. And all I hear is you all want to act, and you're given the opportunity to act for two minutes. Right. And you can't focus for two minutes and be the character in the situation. Because no one else is giving you the opportunity to act. You might as well take this opportunity. Right. That's <laughs> what these are. And then whether you get it or not is completely beside the point. I, mean, yeah. you, I know you think you need that job, but that's not your call. That's not your job. Yeah. Your job is to present yeah. what you would do. Take <laughs> care of your side of the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because um, remember, if you do something you don't like just to get the job, you're stuck doing that potentially for at the time it was five years. Now it's six, sometimes seven. So you might as well do it on your terms the right, right. way you want to do it because yeah. what kind of and hell is that to be stuck doing something you don't want to do? Yeah, and that really fed into my own um, sort of instinct for denial anyway, not paying attention to, you know, when I, for friends anyway, I couldn't even tell you who was in the room for any of the auditions. I didn't, I deliberately didn't want to know or be able to recognize the head of the studio, the head of the network, because I didn't want to see them. Right. And I decided when you're doing a sitcom anyway, you have an audience and they're all anonymous. So this is your audience. Pretend you're just at the show and yeah. this is your audience. And um, that helped a lot. And in some ways, I feel like, yeah, my choice for the character was probably not bad. It was probably a good one. But I think I got the role just because of coping. <laughs> Denial and coping. And mm -hmm. did, you, did you go up for SNL at some point? Did you ever audition for SNL? Sort of. I think, of, you know, that Lorne Michaels had sent someone out to the groundlings. Okay, I think to see, the truth is, to see Julia Sweeney. Mm -hmm. And then it was also, oh, and you should also, while you're there, take a look at, you know, during the show, right. Lisa Kudrow, Kathy Griffin, you know, Heather Morgan, you know, look at these other people too. Right. But I, they were there to see Julia. When you, when you look at you, the, the group that you were in and with at the time, did the most talented folks in your mind all succeed? Was there kind of like a direct translation or did some people that you were at the time saying, oh, this person's got it all for whatever reason, mm -hmm. did it not work? Did it not? Did they not get the, the career that you thought that they would get? Well, I think, I don't, I don't know. It's hard. You can't tell. Yeah. Cause I, I think, you know, in hindsight, it's easy to say, oh, that's why, you know, I, no, but you know, someone like Kathy Griffin, who I thought, like, she'd go out there in between stuff if someone was taking too long to get ready. And you could just send Kathy out there to just talk with the audience or do a song improv. And she was so comfortable. And that's kind of the key to stand up that you want to see someone out there. It's not that their jokes are the best, yeah. but that they are just so comfortable. And whatever's happening, they'll deal with it. Yeah. Someone's going to heckle them. Well, she's so quick that she sends it back and tenfold and has them laughing. Like they're not Turns injured. Turns them around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. not even injured by her. <laughs> That's the gift that she does it without great injury. And I thought, that. what do you do with that gift? Yeah. And then there was this thing, improvised stand-up. And she started doing that. And so well, this was made for you. I mean, there's no end to what you can do with that. So did you, like, what was your, at the time, did you feel like it was your expertise? Like, what was your, 
your area? Was it character work? Was it improvisation? Was it hmm. one area in particular, or were you a jack of all trades, or what? No, I don't think I was a jack of all trades, but I think it was sort of subtle characters and not broad <laughs> kind of fun that people go to the groundlings to see. <laughs> so how I got into the company, I'm not sure. And yeah, I mean, I would do, I would write sketches or monologues and perform them and, th and love them. And there'd be a group of, a small group of people that would, oh boy, that was good. Right. But it, they were never like the big crowd pleasers. And most of the directors I had at the groundlings were sort of really unenthusiastic. <laughs> About you? About me or my Aww. work. I remember one time there was some, like, Pat Sajak had a talk show or, mm -hmm. or a late night show, and yeah, he sure. wanted to do some sketches, and he wanted the Groundlings to come in. So they had sent producers out to see a show, and they had chosen one or two of my pieces. And at the time, the director said, you know, I'll, let's go for a walk. Okay. So they were out, and... Um, I don't know what to say. They saw, and he starts naming all these other people in the company uh, who, you know, he was saying they saw this phenomenal person, that phenomenal person. And, uh, well, they chose your two pieces. So I don't understand it. And I was Thanks thinking, for the pep talk, wait, boss. I'm not trying to understand. <laughs> what just happened? This is a talk. You're letting me down with the good news. I don't understand. Begrudging good What's news. Happened? Welcome to begrudging good news. From right. But in my style, you know, right. I just said, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. But I'm doing it or I'm not? Well, that's what they want. I mean, if it were up to me, they have these people. But all right. And all I can, honestly, that kind of stuff happened a lot where people would say things and I'd think, where were you raised? I don't understand this world. <laughs> where you, the couch and in negativity and is this how you behave at a cocktail party? Right. I don't <laughs> I'm not happy to be talking to you here, but let's just make conversation. <laughs> Why is this acceptable behavior? <laughs> Did so what does that do your head when you I mean you talk about sort of doing the sketches that doing the stuff that's appealing to kind of like a smaller segment and that must be rewarding in its own way. But then you're on obviously this phenomenon, friends, mm -hmm. which is like as mass market as just like making everybody happy it seems mm -hmm. like at the same time right in your brain are you like i crack the code or i'm a phony <laughs> or you know what i mean yeah i do know what you mean i didn't try to think about it too much yeah because that would drive that you would insane. Be dangerous yes <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to drive you insane retroactively sorry i always look for you know the um the best version the best explanation mm -hmm. that would help me the most and so at that time it was wow see i do have mass appeal you know <laughs> i was wrong about myself that's pretty good Our, the audiences were wrong mm -hmm. <laughs> except for those few smart ones right and luckily i don't know i just yeah. like you know instead of oh okay because they're writing appeals to right. the masses right. my writing i just happen to be not. here yeah <laughs> And my writing doesn't. No. Um, but no, but it was good for me to know, okay, so do you know how to take someone's writing and make it into, yeah. you know, I don't not make it into, but you know. Bring what you got and, and it can then yeah. touch people in a, a, a massive kind of way. Right. There's that potential at times. So, um, But they did write a character that was not... I mean, the audition piece for Phoebe was this monologue that's in the pilot. Yeah. 
where she's talking about how when her mother killed herself, that was a bummer, but, you know, she ended up living in a car with a crack addict or something, you know, and then that guy got went to jail, and then it's all these horror shows. And that's not mass appeal either. Right. doesn't necessarily scream. Right, but I just thought, well, that's really funny if it's the type of person who doesn't see it as really bad. Right. Just sees it as, you know, like those, like these things that happen to all of us. <laughs> Was there... It, it, I mean, can you even pinpoint looking back at like what the apex was, like what what the like where it felt like everything was at a fever pitch, you know, whether it was like I don't even remember having a show that debuted after the Super Bowl and having you know all these crazy guest stars. Like, did it feel like there was one moment where it was like, okay, we are too big to fail. We're just like we're it's gonna it's gonna crumble at some point to some degree, right. but right now we rule the, the planet Earth. Yeah, it felt like that. I have to say. For a majority of the time. That's <laughs> not bad. No, that's not bad. But even if, you know, yeah, the ratings were always good. And even if, you know, critically we were starting to get bashed, like, why are they doing a Diet Coke commercial? It's like, sorry, we thought we could get paid and someone was going to do it anyway. Right. <laughs> they were going to use, you know, they were going to cut out our heads <laughs> and put it on the thing. So Seems like why a, not get paid for yeah. it? <laughs> you do the same with all due respect. <laughs> um, but, 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 you know, we, we, and then we were getting some bad press, but we got together and we just said, okay, that's their business. We've got a job here. Let's just stick to the task at hand and yeah. making sure we do a good job and, you know, the writers will make sure they do a good job, and that's all. That's all we need to do. We've got one job. And did it? Help, it must have helped that that you all came at it relatively the same kind of career level. The six of you and the writers stayed. I mean, that you kind of I assume there's that bunker mentality. You're in it together, right? Right. Yeah, there is, and um, for the six of us, especially with the, you know, there there there's not as much bashing or acclaim for the writers all the time right. as there is for the people you know with their faces showing right with their heads above the trench and what a negative <laughs> way to look at it terms. you know because it'll get shot off <laughs> oh, God. if you don't lay low that's what i've learned um <laughs> no cynical view of the business at this point it's good it's refreshing it's nice <laughs> Were you, I, you know it's funny because like i talked to Recently, Jillian Anderson came in and like and in the same kind of way that show, you know, X-Files, it was huge for a while. Not, you know, but at a certain point I asked her, like, was there a point where you were sick of it yourself? Like, what, like it, either after the show had come and gone or during the show. And she, you know, she admitted, yeah, there was a point after the show and the years after that, like, if you brought up the show, mm -hmm. she would re react negatively. Do you uh, ever felt like you ever went through that at all? No. Why do you think I that is? I don't have that. Because it was too, A, it was too fun the entire time we were doing it. Yeah. B, we were paid really well. What, there's nothing to complain about. Our, our, you know, David Crane and Marta Kaufman and Kevin Bright, they treated us with a lot of respect. Yeah. You know, they treated us like collaborators, which doesn't happen a lot. And, you know, I don't know. It was just a kind of a perfect experience. Yeah. And then all the opportunities it afforded me, I don't know where to begin. Yeah. You know, they we wanted to do movies. They let us out to do movies, rearrange the schedule so we could do movies. Yeah. 
there's no there, well, there's worth the, worth absolutely the nothing to complain about. And then after you're done, you get to do whatever you want. You don't have to worry about the mortgage or anything. Yeah. You can honestly do whatever you want. When you put it that way, it does sound pretty good. Fantastic. <laughs> but it's it's fantastic. It's it's a it's yeah. a dream. You mentioned the film work. I'm a, a great fan of, of several of your films. Um, you know, your work with Don has been great. Uh, Opposite of Sex is like such a great film that yeah, I feel that. like people should go back to. Oh my god, so good. He's ta- he's scary talented. Yeah, he's really he's the real thing. That like supernatural. He just has something. You know, he channels. I don't know what. He wouldn't see it that way. But he must, because if you ask him, but what does it mean? Like, you see all this nuance and patterns and right. themes and stuff in his work. And if you go in and say, no, what is that? He'd say, oh, I don't know. Don't, I'm not going to. It's not a college class. <laughs> you know, it just, that's how it yeah. happened. And that's how he, that, he knew it was right. And it was right to be that way. And doesn't need to discuss it. That's just how it came out. So, so on, on the film side, are those collaborations with Don? Are obviously Robin and Michelle was such a uh, such a beloved classic. Now. Right, that's Robin Schiff. Right. Yeah. So, um, are those the ones you count as sort of like the ones that worked? Are the ones that 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 the audience sees as working? The ones that you count as see, seeing as working? You know what I mean? Like, what are the ones that you right. take the most pride in on the um, film side? Well, there's a lot. Yeah, of course, the Don Roos movies. Yeah. Um, and I loved. Look, I did this independent film I don't know what you call it now anyway called Wonderland Val Kilmer amazing cast of that one um, amazing yeah but that was such a great script and also I didn't I got to play got to play Sharon Holmes John Holmes wife who wasn't at the murder so I didn't have to experience any of that (laughs) I know it's funny but it's true I really was not willing to sign up for that and um, I thought it came out, it was so good, but I thought the marketing was way off for it. And that was sort of, that was pretty eye-opening that that's a big mistake that really makes or breaks a film. I mean, I know I'd heard that before. But and to see Val it go through Kilmer, it, oh. he's really super smart. And he's really super smart. <laughs> <laughs> he really put that better you see um, you see my willow comic book i'm a huge oh, willow, yeah fan. yeah he signed that by the way peck 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 because i'm oh such a God. huge willow fan well we were doing some press and he said did you see the poster they want to use i said no and he said it looks like boogie nights or something that's completely wrong here's what i came up with oh my God. and it's this fantastic it's just jeans i don't know if you've seen that it's jeans with this big like someone put a cucumber in there or something <laughs> you know bulging and he said that's that's the poster for this movie. And I said, that is really good. He's like, right, I know. And I'm thinking, but what do you want me to do? <laughs> Take it up with the producers. We don't have I that just work kind here. Of power, do we? I don't think I do. So he's smart. And that would have been, I yeah. think, a better choice. And let people know what they're in for. This isn't a romp. No, certainly not. And if they knew what it was, there's an audience for that, too. Yeah. That it's disturbing. So it, it, we're... we're where you're at right now, it seems like your plate is full, obviously, between what you just worked on for the comeback and web therapy, which continues now in what its fourth at least season, right? Right. Um, do you, I mean, are you offered stuff that seems interesting and cool, or invariably are you like, I need to develop my own stuff because it's just not coming for whatever reason across my desk? Oh, that's a good question. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know that I'm offered stuff. I've offered stuff that's tempting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe for money. It's tempting, and then I remember, oh, I don't need to do that. <laughs> I was in that show again. <laughs> and and also that um, I really have to start in living in the space of, so every day I would, right. what? To go to the literal, okay, wait, this what, is, what does this mean for me? <laughs> Actually, where's my head at? What am right. I doing? Yeah. And then I see myself sort of throwing furniture across the room. And so that's knowing, the barometer. If you're throwing furniture, no. And I don't think I could do it. I think I'd be really miserable. Um, and so... And then I just think, all right, well, for less money, I can experiment still and come up with things. But I didn't have, I haven't had a, a new idea yeah. for anything. And then no, some interesting stuff is sort of turning up. Like, what do you think I'm doing? Do you want to partner on this or do something with that? And yeah, I'll always explore. You, um, Seth is Seth Rogen is in the new season. I would think, did you meet him on on Neighbors? Is that how that collaboration came about? No, I don't think so. I did meet him. Yeah. But um, we didn't, I didn't know that anything was going to happen with the comeback at that point. And we, Michael has a relationship with his manager. Got it. So he was asking. And then, you know, we both just started sending emails to say it would be really great. Because his schedule is impossible. And what we heard back was, yeah, he's a fan of the show, so he would love to. So let's see if we can make this work. And he really did. Amazing. Like, it took a Saturday. A long Saturday, we shot all of his scenes. Is is that true? Wow, that's impressive. Okay. One very long day. (laughs) So God bless him and his youth. (laughs) Then he was able to do that. And then he was just phenomenal. Yeah. Not that it's a surprise. But it's so nice to see that. Ooh, he's yeah, actually got I the goods. I thought you were that good. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what I thought. I'm right. <laughs> it's a credit to me for being right about how good you are. <laughs> Spotted it. Um, you confirmed my good instincts. Um, that that relationship. So <laughs> no, no. That relationship that he's kind of depicting. You know, I don't want to ruin too much about it, but like. In that first season, that relationship between your, Valerie and, and Polly mm-hmm. is so fantastic, and it's yeah. and clearly goes in interesting new areas. Uh, in the second season, is that is that kind of? I mean, it sounds like you you've been spoiled in a way thanks to Friends. That relationship again with the writers sounds like it was as good as can be. Yes, yeah. But is that inspired by fraught relationships with writers over the years on different projects? Not so much for me, but remember that I. You You've know, wrote this with yeah. yeah. <laughs> so 50% person who'd been in rooms. Yeah. And then we had a writing staff of people who'd been in rooms. And every one of them was certain Polly G was the person they were thinking of. Yeah. So that means there's more than there's a lot of them yeah. out there. Or was a lot of them out there. Maybe people behave a little better now. I don't know. I don't think so. But <laughs> um yeah, so that was more that. But I knew, you know, the only thing that bothers me is people that think that this is some kind of expose on friends. But I, it's pretty clear now that it's not yeah. and it wasn't. And Yeah. Yeah. Um, in our remaining moments, I can see the doors opening that you have to run. So in our last minute or two, yeah. um, before I release you to the women of The View, um, <laughs> I'm, uh, the pre-show for The View always, um, oh. is uh, I've got a hat full of uh, some random questions. Do you want to just try your hand and just yeah. pick one or two? And uh, if they're great questions, I always say I wrote them. If not, it's probably some intern put them in. I'm going to blame okay. on that. Let's no, do that. that's good to know. Let's go with that. I'm just going to grab. I wanted my nicorette, but all right. 
If it's horrible, you can skip it. What it. movie do you know by heart? Oh. Really? I don't know if I know a movie by heart. Mm -hmm. Kind of um, A Few Good Men. Really? Oh, I wouldn't God. have predicted that one. Yeah, I can't not watch it if it's on. <laughs> it's pretty good. That's Tootsie. That. Tootsie. Classic. Um, All About Eve. Mr. Blanding's Builds His Dream House. <laughs> nice. An eclectic, story. <laughs> an eclectic little group there. It's good. It's good. Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right? As long as we're sure. on Golden Pond. <laughs> Ordinary people. All right. Favorite cartoon character is Bugs Bunny. Duh. Duh. You said that like, That's I mean, it. I'm, there's I'm, no other answer, is there? I ask the question. All right, finish strong. What do you think? This could be it. The best sitcom of all time <laughs> is... What a loaded question. Friends. Duh. Come on, people. Uh, <laughs> on that note, uh, congratulations on... Uh, it's so exciting for fans of the comeback that this has finally happened. I hope there are more seasons to come. But for now, second season's awesome. Uh, of course, web therapy continues. And, uh, and thanks for stopping by the office. It's great to meet you today. Thank Lisa. you. Good to meet you. Wolf Pop is part of Midroll Media, executive produced by Adam Sachs, Matt Gorley, and Paul Shear.